Welcome to Finding a Better Way. We're going to talk about childhood trauma, adulthood trauma, and all the in-between. I want to get down to the nitty-gritty, the things that typically get shoved under the rug. It might be about marriage, friendships, motherhood, working out, or working in corporate America. But we will talk about finding joy in chaos. It's going to get messy, but thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Holly. Now let's get real and hopefully relatable. Good morning and God bless. Man, I missed you guys. I am coming at you live on a Wednesday morning, not a Monday morning. It's because I was at my new gig Monday and Tuesday. Um, It's very, for me, non-traditional. And it's so funny because I told my new boss, I was like, this is just very non-traditional for me. And she's like, this money spends the same as the money that you would have been getting from the bank. And I'm like, I know, I know. But, you know, for so long I lived in this. You've got to work an eight to five job. You have got to have a stable career. It's all got to make sense on pen and paper. And here I am just doing something completely different. And it's so exciting. And as a mom, it's so refreshing. But I'm not going to give you guys any more details on that. I think I'm going to do like a little bit of a build up. And I'll be posting little hints here and there on Instagram. So if you're not following me, go check it out. It's Hall's Talk Show. I'm having to be quick with my tracks and I can't drag them out. So that's why some of them are going to be ending pretty quick. And it's because I'm at home with my youngest. She is still sick. She's going to be okay. I finally broke down and took her to the doctor today. I think I'm becoming a, is it a crunchy mom? Or maybe it's the opposite of that. I don't know. I don't want to take my kid to the doctor. I don't want to just pump them full of medicine. I'm like paying attention to what dyes are in the food. And I'm telling my husband, okay, we can't buy that brand because there's Red 40 in there. I have no idea who I have become, but that's that's where we are in life. So if it's a little crazy, and this episode is going to be all over the place anyways, and I'm about to go into why. Um, so it's going to be crazy and wild and all over the place. Just bear with me. Thank you guys so much for being here. And I hope you get something out of this episode. I found myself saying episodes so many times just then. And just know that I hear the pitter patter of little feet. And I'm wondering when she's going to come in here. I'm like, I know any second she's going to come barreling down the door. She asked, mama, can I just sit in here with you? And I'm like, yes, but you can't sneeze and you can't sniffle and you can't move and you got to just sit still. And she's like, oh, I'm good. And I was like, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So go lay on the couch and watch whatever weirdness they have put on Netflix. Here I am saying I'm a crunchy mom, but I'm like, here, go, go watch your screen time. Just go be parented by the screen. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So that is a good place for us to pick up on the first topic. And what I did here was just open my Instagram up, which is one of my favorite things to do because you guys that um, I'm friends with on social media, you guys that follow me, you are the ones that are listening to this podcast. And that's where most of you found this podcast. So of course, I like to open the floor and be like, hey guys, what do we want to talk about? What do you want to hear about? And one that I got many times, this was a lot of different responses from different people, was mom guilt. If you Google mom guilt, it says mom guilt or parent guilt is the feeling that you have done something wrong, causing harm to your child, regardless of whether this is true or not. It may also arise from not being able to meet the expectations of being the quote, perfect mother. 
I feel like that's obviously pretty spot on, but I'm going to add to that. It's feeling like you can't even go out with your husband and be away from your kids, or you think that you're going to be a bad mom. It affects everything that you do, your job, anything that you do for yourself. That's like me. I love a good bath. I love to soak in scalding hot water that could boil noodles. And I find myself getting a colder bath because I know that my four-year-old is going to come in and be like, hey, mama can I get in with you? And I tell myself that she won't be little long. So of course, I let her hop in. And while I believe that they are only little once, right? And this time passes so fast. I do feel like and we're going to talk about boundaries a little bit later on in this episode. But I feel like it's important as a mother to be able to set boundaries and not feel guilty about them. Someone else reached out to me and said that they wanted me to mention that childhood trauma can sometimes trigger mom guilt. And I fully believe that. I didn't really ask her to elaborate what she meant and her perspective on that um, because my DMs were flooded when I opened the floor. But sometimes personally, I feel like when we like things from our parents, sometimes we try to overcompensate that with our kids. And then when we don't meet our own expectations that we've put on ourselves, we feel like we're failing as mamas and parents. You would think that some of the things that some of us went through when we were younger, we would look at the way we parent our kids, right? Or the things that we do for our kids and be like, man, we're, we're out here killing it. They're having so much better of a childhood experience than we did. They're not going to have all this trauma on them, but mom guilt. And that's, that's what it is. That steps in and that takes away any good that we could put on the situation. The amount of mom guilt... Uh, replies on Instagram that I got just show that that is something that more mamas than not struggle with. It's just not something that is talked about because, you know, and this is this is what happens. So you're with your friends or your mama friends, whatever, or you're in a group text. I don't like group text. Okay, this is just this is just me putting this out there. And I know that people that I'm in group text with are going to hear this. Um, and that's okay. But I'm just saying they're not my favorite. But anyway, so you're in a group text with your mom friends. And you're talking about how you need a break from little Susie. Okay. And you're saying, I'm thinking about going out with my husband and being gone for a few hours. Or I kind of want to like drop my kid off and go for a target run and get some coffee and just be by myself. What happens is people start comparing. And I've gotten questions about this too. And I'm, I can't answer it. I don't know if that is bad company or they just, you struck a nerve with them and they feel some type of way about something that they've done or a way that they have parented. But a lot of times they're going to respond with, I could never leave mine. Little John is, I I couldn't. I feel, I just feel like I'm not a good mom if I leave him alone for an hour. Wrong. Wrong. First of all, I know lots of people that could show you what a bad mother is. But that's mom guilt. And a lot of times I see where it's projected onto other moms. So moms that didn't have mom guilt, moms that were like, hey, I, it is okay for me to focus on me. And it's going to be hard for me to help little Susie or little John if I've got this pent up resentment. I'm saying it. I'm putting it, I'm putting it out there. I know people are, people are going to be offended. I know that people are going to shake their head and say, not me, but 
I said it, sometimes mamas can get to that point where they almost resent their kids or full-blown resent them. And it's not that they don't love them or that they don't want to take care of them. It's just they feel like they can't take a break and it has it messes with our mental well-being, honestly. I'm no therapist, but from what I've seen from hearing different stories and from being through things like this personally is that's typically some kind of form of childhood trauma. And listen, there's some mamas out here that are just top tier doing the thing. And listen, we, I won't say envy you, but we applaud you. Okay. But sometimes that comes from childhood trauma. Sometimes that comes from the parents not always being there for them or them feeling alone as a child. So they want to make sure their child doesn't feel like they did. And that's a form of childhood trauma. That's a form of mom guilt. That's a form of something else that maybe a therapist could help with. (laughs) I don't know. Personally, I think that that's a really good place to hop into some of the other topics that were on there. The next one that I got literally right after that one was finding yourself while also being a mama. And then the next one after that was regaining your confidence. And I feel like those two could go hand in hand, right? Overcoming mom guilt, overcoming what society tells us we have to be as mothers and what we actually need to be for our child and then figuring out who we are outside of being a mom. When I had my firstborn, I completely lost myself in being a mama and I look back and I don't necessarily see anything wrong with it, but I feel like it was a huge factor in how much I struggled with postpartum depression and realizing that I had completely lost myself. What happened is I was giving her so much of me that there wasn't anything left for myself or those around me. I lost friendships, relationships. My marriage suffered because of it. And it is because I just completely isolated myself because nothing mattered Other than being her mama. I quit talking to friends because I was like, you know, I'm never going to hang out with you. I don't want to be away from my kid just to spend time with you. So all my friendships were gone. And I didn't want to spend time with my husband because I didn't want to be away from my kid. And she slept in the same room with us. And, you know... Anytime my husband wanted to do anything, I had to have her in sight so that I could make sure she was breathing. You know, some of you mamas are like, yeah, yep, I was there. But because of that, I just really lost myself. And do I regret it? No, because I feel like I gave her everything that I could and everything that I was. But if I could go back and make it a little bit more of a healthy balance, would I? Absolutely. But I had no one telling me that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be with this kid 24-7. She's going to survive. You're going to survive. And because of that and because of isolation, I think that's why I really struggled with postpartum depression. And, you know, with the stigma that surrounds it, I didn't want to tell anyone because I was like, people are going to think, that I'm wanting to harm my baby or myself when in reality, I'm just really sad. Like I said, people talk and mamas talk and especially in a small town. So I couldn't tell someone, hey, I'm struggling. Okay. I told one person, one person before I told my dad and he's like, I've, I've been knowing something was wrong with you. But I told one person and it was a woman that had kids before. I said, I'm struggling 
really bad. I'm really sad. And she's like, oh my gosh, you need to talk to someone. You want to hurt your baby. It's, it's common, but it's not okay. And here was the comment. Here's the comment that broke me right here. I never dealt with that. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy for you, but that was not the appropriate thing to say to me. That, that is another reason I was able to just kind of reach out and talk to my dad because I'm like, okay, so I don't deserve my kid, right? Because basically this woman said she never dealt with it and she thinks I want to harm my baby. So now I, I don't want to tell someone because what if that's what they think? And then they try to take my kid away. And it's kind of one of those you're danged if you do and you're danged if you don't situations. How do we get past this? How do we find ourselves through motherhood and not lose who we are as an individual? Do you do you have to for a little bit and then get a little bit older and then you start figuring it out again? I don't I don't really know because I think it's different for everyone. I think we all have those points that we consider, hey, we have got to do this, or hey, this is important to us. And then some people are like, this is not as important to us. So I feel like what it looks like for everyone is going to be different. But I know in order to figure these things out, we've got to really spend some time soul searching and digging and thinking and journaling. And you can't do these things if your husband's sitting beside you watching TikToks and you've got a four-year-old in your lap. And that's just, that's just how it is. And I know that, you know, we don't have a lot of help. Our, my grandmother is really a huge help. She is the one that always watches my kids. She's she never says no, even if she's sick or doesn't feel good, but she's one person and it's hard having to put all that on her. And I know that some people don't even have that one person. So how, Holly, how do, how do we make time away from our kids if we don't have anyone and we don't have any support or what if your spouse isn't there? I can just tell you from personal experience, I have not had to go through that. So I can't say, here's what you should do. Or you should put your kid in daycare once a week. Because I don't I don't really know what that looks like for you. And I don't know what your comfort zone is and what it's not. But maybe it's just you putting the kids to bed early. Or waking up an hour earlier. And spending some time doing, that's what I do. I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning so I can read my Bible in peace and quiet. And my four-year-old got up with me this morning, so I didn't get to do that. So I have, I still haven't had my Bible time today. Sometimes in order to get the result that we want, though, we have to make sacrifices. So like I said, that might be putting the kids to bed an hour earlier so that you can stay up an hour. And think about what you want. Write that down on paper. Who am I? And start thinking about who you want to be as an individual and what you want from life and what is important to you. And I think once you start, I've always been a pen and paper girl and I've always journaled. I started journaling when um, my mom actually put me on it. When I got arrested at 15, my mom took I was staying with her for a little bit. I I was there for like a few months and she took everything away, right? Locked me in my room. It was very Princess Castle style and I didn't get anything but a little bit of food, water, and then a journal and a pen. 
and I started writing everything down. I started writing letters to myself and how I was feeling and it was so helpful. And even more than that, being able to rip those pages of I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm frustrated with life, I hate this, I hate that, I don't know what's going on, those those rough pages, what was more fun than writing them and under being able to understand them was getting through it and then ripping that page out of that notebook and burning it, which I'm a, I don't know, is it a nymphomaniac, a nympho, something like that? I love fire. Like it it just entices me. So of course, you know, I was, when someone was like, you should burn some of the pages in your, like painful pages, pages that of things that happened that I didn't want anyone to know about those pages that I wanted to be gone from my brain that once I put it on paper, I was like, okay, it's kind of out of my brain. It's out of my brain enough to stop affecting me. So I know that I have woo spun around in a circle. I'm so sorry. I'm running on lots of caffeine this morning and I'm all, you know, in mommy mode because my kid is sick. So forgive me for that. But journal, write it down. If you don't feel like writing, do the voice to text in your notes section, put it on paper, reread it. And then delete it if you don't want anyone to see it. I just feel like it gives us, it's like it is reading a book that you wrote. It's your perspective, but you have put it out there and then you're reading it back. And it it makes you think about things differently. I promise. (laughs) I should have went to Google first. Oh my gosh. My husband probably wishes that I was a nympho. <laughs> but what I meant um was pyromania. <laughs> I'm sorry, pyro, and I'm not re-recording it cuz so like just real life and what is the best part about this is my grandmother listens to these so maybe she doesn't know what a nympho is and um grandma this is me telling you right now if you don't know just just don't google it okay And I guess if you're as nosy as I am and you do Google it, just don't go to images. Okay, okay. Next topic. I want to tell you the best part about that and then we're going to move on is I don't remember if it was at this new job. Gosh, I hope not. Or if it was just in a conversation. I cannot remember who the conversation was with, but I was talking to someone and they were talking about like a bonfire and I was like, oh my gosh, well, I would so be there because I'm a nympho and I'm like obsessed with fires. And if they knew what it meant, they probably knew what I actually was trying to mean, but they definitely did not call me out on it. So now that that's over and you guys realize that um, I was not a straight A student, um, I feel like we can go into what was next. And the topic wasn't just boundaries. Uh, We're going to talk about boundaries. But this is what this person said from Instagram. It says, extending grace to friends when they set boundaries. And this was 
this spoke to me and it's because recently I had set a boundary with some friends and I don't really want to cover that because I know some of them listen and I'm, I'm, you know, not in the mood for these conversations today, but I set some boundaries and then they were, they responded to it, but they didn't just respond to it and be concerned about why I was setting the boundary. It's like they reacted to it and took it personally, like I'm setting this boundary because of you and because of what you've done, when in reality, I've just got to do what is best for me and what is best for my mental health. And if you can't love and respect that, then maybe this wasn't really a friendship in the first place think that sometimes people are unable to extend grace when people set boundaries because they're so self-involved that they have got to make that that person's boundary just about them. They are going to take it personally and they're going to tear them apart because of it and they're not going to understand it. And just because you don't understand something does not mean that it doesn't actually mean something for someone else. And it might be as simple as, hey, listen, I'm not going to be a part of this group chat. Or, hey, listen, do not text me after 9 p.m. unless you need me at your house. Or, you know, these are just simple and silly boundaries, but you know, there are, there are bigger boundaries. You know, me and Nick have boundaries in our marriage, and I feel like it's It's really important to talk about that because when you don't talk about things and you don't talk about your breaking points and you don't say, hey, this bothers me, then guess what? Something's going to happen. It's going to bother you. And then you're going to be in a fright, a fright, you're going to be in a fright, you're going to be in a fight or worse with your best friend or your spouse just because you weren't comfortable having those conversations about these are my boundaries. This is what I need. This is kind of what you can expect from me. You know, you just jump in all willy nilly and then someone ends up with their feelings hurt. Guess where I'm going with this? Can you guess? I feel like some of you can guess when it comes to setting boundaries with your friends and when it comes to doing that in your marriage, guess what you have to do? You have to communicate. Yes, I'm not a singer. Listen, I know. Okay, I know that was awful. But you've got to communicate with one another. And it is just as important in your friendships as it is with your relationships or in your marriage. Because like I said, if you don't know, you don't know. And I've offended people before, right? And then they're like, hey, whoa, that that topic's off limits. We don't discuss this. This is This is put under the rug and we don't pull it out. Okay, well, you didn't tell me that. And you can't say, well, common sense says, oh, I hate hearing that. Listen, I say that and I feel like common sense is lacking nowadays. But you cannot say that when, because you've got people like me. Man, I put it all out on the table, okay? But I'm also very open about, hey, I need this from you. And I'm also a very direct person. And I understand that different personalities, you know, it's harder to talk about these things. But it's important. And I feel like that's my take on it. I know you guys are hearing, tired of hearing boundaries, probably just as much as you're tired of hearing communication. So up next, we've got someone messaged me on Instagram and asked me how I dealt with not having a job. And how did I not give up on finding one? This is about to be some honesty, okay? I know, some big shocker here. Holly's going to tell us some intimate details about her life. But this is this is going to be really personal. And this is going to be me just being straight up with you guys. Because a lot of people have been like, I am inspired 
covered by this and everything else. So we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about it. Now, when I quit the job at the bank, I quit without a backup plan, period. And just trusted for God to take care of us. But during that time, we were living off of the savings that we had built up. So it only took a few months for me to find another job. And then when I did, you know, I was there a few months. And then what happened at the last employer? We all know what happened. Um, Luckily, we got our taxes like a week or two later. And this, these were taxes we should have gotten a year ago. And we had finally, we just given up on when are we going to get it? Why, why does everyone around us have it? Why are our taxes being held up? Are we being audited? We claimed a huge loss on the business and we've actually gotten something back. Well, God knew the plan before we knew what was going to happen. Because about a week or two after what happened at my last employer happened, guess what? We get our taxes. So between our taxes and running my Discover card pretty much all the way up, that's really how I dealt with not having a job. Now, I don't know her situation, but I have a husband and kids and eight chickens and three dogs and a cat. So I was pretty busy. You know, I used that free time to really kind of find my voice and figure out who I was and spend a lot lot of time reflecting and starting this podcast. So I just try to keep myself busy. I also wore out Indeed and ZipRecruiter. That is where the frustration started coming into play because I was spending so much time applying for jobs that I was more than qualified for and I was getting turned down or I was applying for jobs I was overqualified for and then people were turning me down because because I was overqualified and I'm thinking okay so I eventually started praying about it and I'll tell you real quick the reason that I did not start by praying about it I almost felt like I did not deserve what God might do for me because of what happened the last time so when I left the credit union you know I went about four months without a job I prayed really hard that God would put in my life just set it in my lap exactly what I needed and where he wanted me to be well at all of a sudden at one time I started getting all these job opportunities I'm talking it's crazy off the wall so I narrow it down to two one I was going to be making about $10 less than the other job, but I felt so led to take it. I knew in the pit of my gut, this is where you're supposed to be. This is where you can have the biggest impact. You asked for God to put you where he wanted you, and I felt like that's where I was supposed to be. So, of course, I talked to people, and I'm like, and you know, and everybody's looking at the $10 an hour difference, and they're like, this is a no-brainer. And I'm like, yeah, but I feel led. And everybody's like, mm, okay, well, crazy Christian lady needs to just leave because that doesn't even make sense. Even Nick was really impressed with the pay and was like, baby, this is a very big opportunity. Now, let me go ahead and put it on the table that Nick would have supported me regardless of what I chose. My dad would have, everybody that I asked would have supported me no matter what. So it's nobody's fault. I just was weighing a lot of options instead of listening to that little voice, that little soft voice in the back of my head and my gut. And against my better judgment, I took the job with more money because that's what the world has us chasing, right? 
more money, more fame, more fame and fortune. That's what that's what the world wants. That's what the world tells us that we need in order to live. And we do need money, unfortunately, you know, gas and groceries do cost something. But I feel like that's not what we're supposed to rotate our life around. I say that, but I took the job that made more because I felt like that's what I needed. Anyways, so I take the job. I feel sick about it, but I'm like, I'm going to make the most of it. And from day one, I was like, this just is not it. But it felt like such a blessing at the same time because I've got this flexible time. You know, this, my boss has told me I can really focus on social media and stuff. And that's something that brings me joy and running um, pages for people and all these things. So I'm like, this is this is a blessing. And poof, it gets taken away from me. And it does not even make sense of why it got taken away from me. But it it did. And I think it's because that's not where God wanted me. And I feel like that's where the hesitancy came from when it came to praying about a new job and a new endeavor, because I'm thinking he isn't going to point me in the right direction again. He's, I didn't listen to him the first time. Why would he think that I would listen now? After months of just applying to job after job and taking interview after interview and being like, no, this is not what I want to do. I start praying about it and guess what? (laughs) I end up in the same position as last time when I started praying about it. I've got this opportunity in my right hand. It's to go back into corporate America. It's making more money than I made at my last job. I've never in my life dreamed about being able to make this much money with having no college education. They see the value that I bring to the table It's an eight to five job. It's an hour and 10 minutes away. So I'd be gone 50 hours a week. And I know people do it. But I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to get back into that. I prayed so long to be taken out of corporate America. Why am I going back in it? And then all of a sudden, something falls in my lap. And it's not something I reached out to someone about. It's not something I inquired in. It was just... It was just God. And here it is. And it's, they're like, you can work two days a week. You can work a few days a week at home. Now, it's not going to pay what the bank job's going to pay, but you're going to have freedom and you're going to have support and you're going to be helping out a business that could use the value that you bring to the table. You are, you're going to mean something to this company. And so here I am with these two options again. And I look at Nick holding them, right? I'm, I got my hands held out. And I'm like, what do I do? And Nick's like, you know me. My, if it was me personally, I would take the job with the money. But after what happened last time, <laughs> I'm scared to tell you that. So I call my dad because I know that sometimes Nick will just tell me what I want to hear. And I know that my dad will just shoot it straight in case you've ever wondered where I get it from. So I call him and I'm like, here's the opportunities. Well, what do you want to do? And I tell him, but I also tell him what the bank is paying. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's an opportunity there. But I don't really want you driving an hour every day. He's like, I don't like the idea of that. I feel like y'all can probably hear my dogs barking, but I've got to get this recorded. So just bear with me. And so I'm telling my dad and he's like, you need to do what's going to make you happy. Okay. And 
you know, what's funny is I decided to take my, what fell in my lap because I really felt like that's where God was putting me. Now, mind you, I've still got to call the bank and tell them that I won't be there Monday. So that's going to be, that's a fun conversation. But, you know, it's, like I said, it's such a non-traditional job compared to what I'm used to. So my grandmothers both know, you know, what the bank job was and what they were offering. So when I talk to them, they're like, did you take it? And God bless it. My older grandmother, my great grandmother, who I always tell people pretty much raised me, she says, oh my gosh, Holly, I can't keep up with you. And I can tell she doesn't understand the job that I've told her that I'm taking. She doesn't, she doesn't get it. And I, I don't know if it's just, you know, generational differences or if it's just the fact that they know me as their granddaughter that's in corporate America. So now it's like, what are you doing? It's, it's different. <laughs> and I'm like, but different is good. And I have broken that mentality of, putting my worth into having a specific job title or working at a specific place and I have never in my entire life as an adult felt more free. I've got many many more but I think that's where we're going to end it today because some of the questions were about reading my Bible and how my faith grew and I honestly feel like that would be a good time to give you guys my testimony. And I know you've heard bits and pieces of it, but really just lay it all out on the table. I know some people that were involved in the making of my testimony are probably like toes curling up right now. But I feel like that would be a good time to be able to share with you guys just truly what I went through, what I've experienced, and show you how God has moved in my life. So we're going to stick a pin in that one. And another thing I want you guys to be excited about is I've got a dual microphone on the way. So I've asked my friend Sarah to come on. I'm hoping she's going to get to be the first person, my first co-host that comes on the show. We'll see. Um, She's got a really busy life. She's launching some new things, working on her business. She's got her own business. I'm not going to tell you guys anything else about her uh, because I want it to, I want her to share her story and I want us to ask questions. So hopefully that's going to be coming next week. I think it's going to be really exciting getting someone else on here and y'all getting to hear someone other than me. I've also got a lot of friends that want to get into podcasting and I think it'd be really fun to have them on as guests and us just have girl talk and, you know, find a better way to cope with the things that life has given us and find a better way to do, create your own business and to mom and to parent and figure out all the things. Just talk about it, man. Just as friends. And I just want to say thank you guys for being here and thank you for the support. Last week, I think we hit 15,000 downloads. You guys are nuts. I hope that this one, I know it was all over the place, uh, but I hope that it spoke to you and I hope that it's what you were wanting to hear. I'm sure when y'all were sending me these things on Instagram, you were like, okay, there'll be one podcast focused on this and one focused on this. But I am having to squeeze this in when I find time. So I want to make sure we get as much in as possible, but also let it not be overwhelming. 
You'll follow my mommy on Instagram. Yes, please listen to the toddler and go follow her mama on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and all the things. It's Hall's Talk Show, H-O-L-S-T-O-K-S-H-O-W. Thank you guys for tuning in today. I hope you got something from this episode, and I can't wait to see you next time.